Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We are alive, season seven, episode three. It is the very last week of November 2023, almost December, which is insane to think about, Jeff. And you know what? You know what awesome thing started happening the last week and a half? Um, Thanksgiving. Well, that was pretty awesome. But we're making ice, buddy. Woo! Ice making. We're making ice. Yeah, we're making ice in Iowa, even. We're making ice in Minnesota. I'm assuming across a lot of the ice belt, ice has started to form. I'm starting to see pictures of people out fishing. Please be careful. Yes. We didn't do a safety episode this time, so we'll do a, a safety blurb. Have your pick picks so you can climb out of a hole if you flop in the water. Spud Make bar. Make sure you use your spud bar or ice chisel, whichever one you prefer, <laughs> to check the ice ahead of you or drill or whatever your ice checking method is. Tell people where you're going. Be careful. Please, please be careful. We love to see pictures of fish. We don't like to see articles about dead people. Well said, Jason. Well said. So, on that happy note, <laughs> Jeff, what's our topic? As always, I'm excited about our topic, but a little more so it's... Tonight, or on the show, we have an interview with Kurt Quinnell. He is a fishing guide, former longtime radio show host, a YouTuber, and I'm just super excited to have him on to talk about cleaning your fish and, and Lake of the Woods, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's always good to have Kurt on, so we'll have that a little bit later in the show. All right. Well, um, we better get moving here. Jay, did you get a drink, something to quench your Ooh, thirst? I did. You- it's gonna. You're not gonna be very impressed with it. So maybe we'll go with yours first. So you're saying I had to just shop in my fridge. As usual is what I'm saying. Not impressed. It may be a. Uh, yeah, as you. Yeah, as usual. <laughs> you got. All right. So I made a special trip to uh, the liquor store again, and I'm on bad habit again, which is a look. Uh, it's in St. Joe, so it, it's Central Minnesota Brewery. We'll say. And last week I had that chocolate, or last time I had that chocolate beer, which was really good, actually. I which I surprised. kept checking the mail. You never mailed me one. I don't anyway. think you can mail beer, Jay. Can you mail beer? You can mail anything. You can mail, like, live ducks. You can mail beer. <laughs> All right. So this is Bad Habit Brewing <laughs> Rather Ripped Blood Orange Milkshake. It's a beer. Blood Orange? It's, grief. it's okay. really good. I actually had this before during COVID pandemic um, to support this brewery. I know somebody that I know somebody that knows somebody. I don't know them actually, but um, he was trying to support them. So he'd bring, bring us back like cans of beer because they couldn't be open and they couldn't sell stuff. Right. So we would buy it just to kind of help, help them out. I don't know. I'd say help them out. Yeah, it's sure. not, doesn't sound fair, but, but we'd buy it during COVID. But uh, this is, Ever wanted to travel back to a time so to a 50s diner, grab a burger, fries, and a delicious handmade milkshake while Fawn slaps the jukebox? <laughs> that all sounds pretty good to us, but as we know, I can hardly read this. It's so hard to read. 
so small. Um, anyway, I can't read anymore because I can't read it. <laughs> it's just too hard to read. But it is a rather real... It's going to be good. I didn't read the story, but here it goes. Yep, that's good. So it's... You like that, do you? I do, and it's not something I would like normally, but it's very good. So, uh, Jason, what do you got? Can you read the story? Mine's just too small, but what do you got? According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcohol. No, that's probably not the right spot. I think they all say that, Jason. Brewed in America since 1977. I mean, it's... it's old like we are <laughs> anheuser-busch st louis missouri okay 85 calories whoa you have to you have to consolidate your calories post thanksgiving i can tell you there it has no protein good 3.2 carbs so those for counting carbs and calories this is the way to go 4.2 percent alcohol by volume and there's a number to call Oh boy, Jason, mine has 7% alcohol. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a big difference. So this is a natural light is what it is. So, yeah, it's still the only beer, right? Decent, I don't know, decent? It's a beer that you can buy for 10 bucks for an 18 pack. I mean. I mean, it has its merits. I mean, I I would say, I can tell you this was a lot more than $10 for an for a 18 pack if you're doing like weight watchers or something post thanksgiving these are like two points so you always have points left over for an anti light (laughs) (laughs) all right well i'm enjoying mine and you're enjoying yours mine says grip it i enjoying is a is a little strong but i'm i'm having a beer you're like is this water or beer i'm not sure but it's It's, one of the two it's refreshing it's Uh, certainly refreshing all right that it doesn't sound very ice fishing to me. It sounds like summer hot beer. That's what you drink when you get, I don't know. Yeah, probably. But it's what I got. I, I need to do better. I do. I I do need to do better. I, I'm i I'm working on it. It'll be like my New Year's resolution to have better beers for the show. <laughs> yeah, unless somebody sends us better beers. But and none have yeah. showed up yet at my house. So. I have I have been sent beer before. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Oli, Oli, older Oli. Older, older. One of the Olis. One of the Olis. Oli's brother Oli. Yeah, Oli's brother Oli. <laughs> which is pretty cool. So if you're listening, I really appreciated that. So all right, we better moving on when we don't lose that. anybody. Moving on. All right, patrons. So Sorry, we're ram- I'm ramming a rambly mood tonight. So you better <laughs> buckle up. I want to thank all of our patrons for their support, and we got a new patron. Absolutely. Uh, Basshole. Got to say that carefully. But Basshole, thank you. He is at the legend status. I sent him off a hat um, and a couple nice. swag pack things for his support. So thank you to Basshole. And I think he's he's on our our uh, our um, Discord channel, too. So we've been chatting a little bit on there. So. so I need to get on there and yammer on a bit. Yeah, you're, you're on there, but not on there. So, yeah, you jump on there and hang out I know. Out I need to do better. I need to do better. It's I our, have a lot of things I need to do better. Yeah. Better beer and more chatting. All right. Better uh, beer. <laughs> and yeah, so 
that's what we got for patrons. So cheers to you, Basshole. Cheers, Basshole. All right, listener news, because we put our listeners first, or at least right after our patrons. So, Jay, you want to cover this first one here? Absolutely. So Adam K. from South Dakota sent us in a video of the X800 Thermal. That's a clam. This thing's big, 128 square feet. I think this almost would make the tiny home show. (laughs) The tiny home show. I mean, like, you know, build me a tiny home, and they just come up and they pop out a clam thermal, and they're like, you live here now. (laughs) Where do you want your plants? I mean, this thing is big. This is really big. So um, he made some mentions, I think. Biggest hub, easy to get out of the bag, which is important. I wonder how it goes back in the bag. They are um, way, all the hubs are way better. That They realized when they first made them that you got to make big bags. So I think they all have nice bags these, these days. So easy setup, he said. Flimsy without poles in the walls. They Velcro in. There's a clam light. Um yeah, it's not hexagon or octagon. Do you know there's something bigger than the X800? There is, like what? <clears throat> a mobile shack? I thought the X800 was the biggest clam shack that they make. There's an X1200. Shields specifically makes what? it. It's 187 square feet. <laughs> that literally is a tiny house. Where did it go? I mean, it absolutely is. It weighs the Clam X1200 by Shields. Special. It's $1,000. So, okay. And it is 23 feet by 11 and a half feet. <laughs> it is. Uh, it holds 10 plus wow. people. It's 188 square feet, sorry. And it weighs 100 pounds, 107 pounds. And includes 18 wow. anchors. You have to put 18 anchors in this thing to hold it down. I mean, you would need to. That's huge. Yeah. So I thought that X800 was huge. And it is. I saw one at the I saw one at a show. I mean, it looks like I could put my F-150 in the X800. So 1200 is mind-boggling. That is my, absolutely mind-boggling. Holy crap. I know. It's big. But... Well, thank, thanks for sending that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sending that out and appreciate the review. I'll be interested to hear, you know, how it fishes. So we got something from Michael S. Also, he's talking about, this is all you, Jason. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. <clears throat> Still reserved being better than a lining Kugel's red ale makes me question. This is from Michael S. If someone has maybe entered the old man beer stage of life. I mean, <laughs> I'm... I'm telling you, I probably did a while back. <laughs> Somewhere around like the mid forties, it kind of tipped over the other side. I think I, yeah, I just think maybe I was put to, I, this is how I am. I don't know if it's old man or just how I'm my upbringing. Um, but yeah. All right. I mean, it was better. The Steel Reserve was better than the Lining Kugels, I'm telling you. It really was. So, I don't know. It's how it is. All right. So, we still have some David S. here about the Whitefish versus Tubalee. Um, I think we're still screwing this up. But he says it's 
My understanding, the tubuli are a smaller cousin of the lake whitefish, but are less tasty. Okay. So, and he also said on my Helix for the battery, where I had that problem with the other battery that had a low battery, there's some kind of setting uh-huh. on the Helix to adjust for the battery type. So okay. I don't know. I actually just sold that. I sold the uh, lithium shuttle because I just wasn't using it. So I don't have that one anymore, but good to know. The old Facebook marketplace. Uh, yeah, we've been cleaning. I got to earn some funds so I can buy a new ice shack. So I've been duplicates and stuff have been getting sold. Okay. So, um, that's cool. Yeah. I need, I'm trying, I'm really, I'm in a pickle here. I'm, so, you know, I have that clam nanook non-thermal. Yes. That I've put a fair amount of miles on. Um, I didn't use it all last season. Yep. Because I have this new thermal flip over. It doesn't look like anybody's wanting to go fishing with me. Yeah. Um, and usually what we do is we fish in our own houses. Anyway, the guys I go with, you know, we each have our own house and he's got another, the guy I fish with down here has got a, an older Kenai. Yep. Like mine. Yep. An older one, a little smaller. And both of them fit together in the back of the Yukon. Nice. So we just bring both houses. Cool. And then you fish so, where you want to fish and he should fishes. Should I sell it? I would say yes. Is it Jared. time to sell it? Time to sell You'd it. You'd say I should dig it out and get it get it gone. Now is the time. The road. Now is the time. It really is the time. I really should go get that bad boy and get it sold. So I always struggle with this because you know I just sold a few things. I had I sold my um, Otter Hub, the cabin, which I just put a video mm-hmm. out on YouTube about, and because it had the taco door, and I just. I love, and you're not shaped like a taco. I'm not shaped like a taco, and I love this shack. So I'm pr- fairly sure when we go to the ice show, I'm going to pick one out. But I'm thinking I'm going to get the same one with the nice door, the otter cabin sure. with the door. Yeah. I, I don't well, know for sure. Like, but, it's a good size. Right. It's good one or two person. It weighs like 36 pounds. It's small, and it's easy. So I don't know. We'll see. But I got rid of that, and then I also got rid of um, my lithium shuttle, because I switched to that other shuttle, which I'm still not sold on, but I like the battery power of the new Amped Outdoors battery. And so I, I just couldn't get, you know, the lithium shuttle just didn't have the power for my Helix 7. Sure. It would, but it would run low towards the end of the day. And then I also got rid of that Eskimo rod bag. I liked it, but it was, oh, yeah. it was too big. It just was too big. Too bulky. So I went to that 2B rod case. I bought one off of Facebook Marketplace again <laughs> this summer. So, so uh, yeah, so we've been doing some swapping. Show business. So best places to interact with us are on social media with Instagram and Facebook. Our TikTok has been really slow to take off. It's not ticking nor talking. I did post a video on TikTok um, this week, though. Oh, I see, I don't even have TikTok. It's out there. So... You'll yeah. have to put it on Facebook Reels for me to watch. Uh, I don't really use Facebook Reels, <laughs> so so here's the pro- the, yeah. the reason, and, and not that we make any money and we'd have never monetized, but in theory we could make revenue from Facebook from uh, TikTok or YouTube. You can't make any money on Facebook; they don't pay you. If something went viral, yeah, they don't pay you. Yes, but yeah, again, we've never made any money on it. I don't know. I just no. 
We never will. No, probably not. Um, YouTube at Hardwater Show. We're, we're going to do better this year at posting some videos. So please, please watch some of that. Um, we'll maybe try to do some of the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show mm -hmm. that we're going to attend on Saturday. Um, try to shoot some video there. Maybe we should do a Facebook Live. We should get fancy. Yeah. So on YouTube, we did um, this week, I did put out a short video not a short because they have to be less than 60 seconds, but on that otter shack I talked about and my one person like flip over uh, that's super light. So those two videos went out this week. Um, I have another oh, cool. one about my wheelhouse that I need to get out. Um, the video didn't turn out very well, so I might have to redo that one. But, but yeah, so we got a couple videos out there. Email us at hardwatershow at gmail.com. I'm on X, we're at Hardwater Show. Okay, X, Twitter, formerly yes. known as yes. Twitter. I got banned or something. Uh-oh. My personal Twitter account. All of a sudden, it, I got an email that it was paused or banned. or But I can still get on Twitter, but I can't post anything. I really had never posted anything. <laughs> it was a, I, first, I thought it was like some sort of a spoof thing so i went directly to twitter and logged in because i thought x i thought it was like a scam right to get nope. my password and username and it wasn't so i'm like well what have i been posting out there that twitter all of a sudden so i changed my password and stuff uh, good but call. i'm like you know did you see anything weird that i'd posted I've never seen you post anything. I don't even know if I'm I, connected to your I'll tell ex. you this, and it's a little off color, but I've only posted once on back when I had a Twitter account. Yeah. Back in like, oh my God, might have been right when Twitter first came out. I just had one follower, my buddy Travis, and I just posted that I pooped. That was it. <laughs> All I ever said. <laughs> I doubt that was it. <laughs> but yeah, so now I'm banned on Twitter, me and... Huh. Yeah, me and I think even didn't Trump get reinstated on Twitter, but I'm still banned. Yes. So I don't know what that yeah, means. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. That's there it. you go. Ooh, fact checks. Yeah, I got the the look from Aaron. Apparently, but you've resolved it already. Well, I don't think it was. I think it was a series of factors. But I did. I'm rocking a new mic, so. We'll see how this turns out. Um, it was actually more of the webcam that was the issue. Yeah. Where I had my mic placed last time. So we'll see. We'll see if the audio is better. We do actually make some sort of an effort to make sure our audio isn't miserable. Yep, I, we do. Yep. For sure. And by we, I mean Jeff. No, I mean, we do a little bit. But you, but it, microphone <laughs> technique, I'm sure, is important. I, I get away from it too it sometimes. It is. It so. is. Yeah. All right. So moving on, to, that was the only fact check we had. Uh, moving on to current events. Um, uh oh. Oh, never mind. I thought I had a sneeze, what? but it passed. <laughs> thought a sneeze was coming, and nobody wants to endure that through your car speakers. Awesome. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Um, all right. Current events. So this is something I saw that made sense to me about tip ups. Uh, the first one was, they're like, you know, put a tip up out even before you start setting anything up because then you're fishing right away. I do that, actually, quite a lot. When I'm by myself and I'm unsupervised, that's what I do. Like 
don't spend 15 minutes getting your shack set up and then put a line in the water, put a line in the water, then set up your shack because you're fishing. Well, whose shack takes 15 minutes to set up, though? I bet you if you are on a snowmobile going across Lake of the Woods and you park, it's probably 15 yeah. minutes before you're, you're oh, fishing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yep. Maybe it's at least five minutes. Yeah. So the other thing they said is they would pile snow behind your tip up. So you have some contrast when it goes up kind of made sense to me. Okay. But you know, there's no, I don't know. I mean, I, was, I like when you hear the flag go up, I actually like that too. Yes. That is so cool. When it's quiet, it's rare when it's, it's so quiet, no wind and you hear the flag go <sighs> before you see it. Yeah. Dum. That is awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Brian Brosdahl in the early ice, December 2023 edition of Midwest Outdoors. Um, this is something I'd never heard before. He said, and I mean, he's a reputable person. I mean, this is not just like you or I saying this. This is like no, somebody that no, fishes this, a lot knows. Yeah, this is, this is interesting. He really said, interesting. anglers are noticing that forward viewing sonar can be felt by fish and it actually disturbs them enough to move them away from the emitting beam well and it looks like um jason mitchell concurred yeah that was the other thing and jason mitchell and brian bros all say this i mean i have to put it down as gospel it's dogma at that well, point i mean and they've both been on the show yeah i know wow we i feel privileged to say that that's crazy we, well we're very privileged when people take the time we always enjoy it so um, but it, you've got two people um, agreeing, two kind of juggernauts in the fishing realm that do a ton of fishing, and both of them are super smart guys. So, yeah, way way more technical than I I would be. So he said, you know, use your forward facing sonar, turn it on, look around, and then shut it off because it might scare the fish away. We're gonna have to play with that ice fishing this year yeah. with Oli. If um, you know, we get some fish coming in. We know they're coming. Turn off the forward-facing part of the sonar and see if see if you get more bites or not. Now, Jason, I don't know how you, you can't use this as an excuse when I outfish you. Oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> you know I'm gonna. But first, you have to outfish me, and that's that's the we'll, we'll see if that happens first. The uh, other thing that Jason Mitchell said, and this was in a tips for early ice fishing, right? Ice pan fishing. Um, in Midwest Outdoors again, um, he said, you know, another thing he talked about was slowing down because you can scare fish away like driving deer is the way he explained it, right? You can, by being loud, and we've talked a little bit about this a lot, a few times, but he's like, you might be, you know, if somebody's catching fish over there, it might be because you're being too loud and you're driving the fish towards them. So, mm -hmm. so this is another, you can tell I've been reading a lot, <laughs> Midwest Outdoors. Uh, Jeremy Olson talked about, and this was like an attitude thing. And we've talked a little bit about this before with like expectations and stuff too. Yeah. But um, he was saying new anglers tend to get all excited while the most experienced people in the outdoors, well, the more bitter they tend to be. Yeah. I think maybe that's a little tough. Like say they're bitter. I, I just think, you know, after you've caught 18,000, 12 inch walleyes it's hard to get excited about a 12 inch walleye but if it's a 10th 12 inch walleye you've ever caught in your whole life it's still somewhat exciting yeah yeah you know i mean you, you see that in every sport you, you see it in hunting you see it in fishing it takes 
um, to get really genuinely. So, so there's, I think there's two things. I'm going to unpack this a little bit. Yeah, let's unpack put this. Feet, put, put your feet up. Put your feet up. So I, I think there's two different things. There's exciting and then there's there's something that really excites you in there when you're doing it. And there's something that is just, you, you love doing it. But it doesn't necessarily take you that next step all the time during the whole experience. Like I love going fishing. And I'm really excited when I catch a really big fish. But I'm probably not excited that I caught a six inch panfish. Yeah. But a six-year-old is, yep. right? When they when they catch that first little, I mean, they're in, or somebody that doesn't fish a lot or never has, they're like just genuinely joyful that they caught this fish, and and they're super excited and jammed about that. I love fishing, but it's going to take you know a bigger fish to to really get me to that six-year-old catching the panfish level. Yep, like their first sunfish kind of level, wherever that is. You know what I mean? I will say too, there is something, I think if you're more experienced, you can be more patient, right? Like if you, if you go out and you're a new angler and you don't have success, if we go to Mille Lacs and we stare down a hole for, for eight hours, you might be a little more put off than say, well, this is dumb. than if you're somebody that has had some success and go, sometimes it's like this and sometimes it's not right. So I think the worst thing you can do to a new angler is take them out and chase walleyes. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're hit, unless you're in a in a just a prime fishery, and you know you're going to hit them hard, unless you know, you're a lake but, of the woods or, or yeah, red lake but, or but something. To go, yeah, to go chase walleyes with a new angler on Malax in February. Oof. <laughs> I had to get specific on that. That's you know that's I mean, a specific. Yeah, you better. I think have some movies think, lined up for that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. You're going to have a hard time selling it. Yeah. You know. So when I have. Summer fishing, I tend to do this more because I don't get as many new people out ice fishing. But summer fishing, you know, when you have the kids or or even an adult that doesn't fish much, you know, you hit the pan fish for a little bit, give them some success. And you're like, we're going to just try this walleye thing for about an hour. Yeah. You know, and try to get them and then you go back to, then you hit a rock bass hole and let them get excited again. But same thing, ice fishing. For sure. For sure. I mean, I'll sit there all day trying to catch one walleye, but that doesn't mean everybody likes to do that. Nope, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, so that, it was just an observation. I mean, I wasn't agreeing or disagreeing. It was just observations. Oh, I know. I so know. speaking of that, what I do get excited for is 33-inch walleyes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I think, I don't know how you'd ever top that. I think you'd, you'd just always enjoy what you're doing. You'd never get excited about it. That's crazy. Yeah, so so crazy. In South Dakota the wall largest walleye record was broke, which was interesting. The first record was from two thousand two and then it was broken twice this year. Yeah, that's nuts. So but this fish was thirty three inches long, twenty two inch girth, and I don't remember what it weighed, but it was like eighteen pounds. And this was at Lake Ohi, Oha, Ohi. Yep. It's a big reservoir. And both of these fish were caught on a Walleye Nation, Walleye Nation Creation Reaper. Both fish were caught on the same lure. Yes. Didn't, maybe not the same color because it looks like a Rapala kind of looking thing. 
Now that and that's two different fishermen. Two different fishermen. Yep, same lure. And that's nuts that they caught it on the same lure. Yep. So that's nuts. And I look them. They're they're out there, so you can get them anywhere. I don't have one in my tackle box. Maybe I will soon. <laughs> I bet their sales went through the roof. Yeah, you think? You think? All right, gear, Jade. There's a couple of gear things in here. Okay. So the R12 lithium aerator. Did you buy this thing, or what's the story on this? No, nope, I just saw it. It's a new lithium aerator. It says 35 hours on a single charge. Um, I don't know why I was interested in aerators. It just seemed like there was a little bit of innovation in the aerator space this year. So, Does it know. work on when it's cold? I don't know. Good this question. picture just showing people in like Florida. <laughs> yeah. I saw this flop box, which is like a bait container. Kind of looks like, again, that one looked like it was more focused on maybe Southern, but, but it's like a, it reminds me of a Yeti cooler version of a bait cooler, right? Like it's, yep. it's a couple hundred bucks. It's not cheap. They're, yeah. All that Roto. What do they call it? Roto molded it's, stuff. It's it's really taken off, but man, they're still still super proud of it all. And and it weighs a lot. I mean, they weigh a lot. They're very heavy. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and mean, so good good for some things, not good yep. for all. Meanwhile, Jason Mitchell's using a waxy container. I saw a video. He's like, sometimes if I want to go light, I just take a waxy container and put a couple minnows in it. You know, one of those. Hot, those yeah, pucks. one of the little plastic. Yeah. Pucks. It's like I'll just yeah. throw a couple minnows in there. I'm like, that's. Go for a walk. Yeah, no, that, I mean, it's not stupid if it works. I saw the Beaver Dam has a lighted tip-up now. Okay. So that looked kind of cool. Something new from the old school Beaver Dam to, I still like the audio part of it, though, that nobody really does. People do lights, but you have to see the lights. The audio part is. But do you use your blue tips much, Jay? Those those Bluetooth ones? You know, I'm going to have to try them. I got a new phone since last year. Um, my trouble, I couldn't get them to work right last year. Yeah. Um, they, uh, if if my phone, like, went to standby, like, you know, the screen goes dark yeah. or whatever, I don't know what to call, they wouldn't go off. Mm. So I, I actually do have to try them on the new phone. Um, I okay. went from a, I don't know, I went to a Samsung Sure. From kind of a from a one plus, so maybe it with a more on brand phone, it should work. So, I know always had luck with them with his iPhone, mm-hmm. but I have I, three or four of them. Yeah, I want them desperately to work because it's really nice. You know, you don't have to keep staring out the window of the shack; they yeah. just go off. So this a lot. We talked a little bit about that uh, clam tip up that we thought I thought was a little weird. This is kind of another one that from last year that. I forgot about the Frable Viper. Do you remember that one? I don't. It has an aerator built into it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back so, with you. So there was like pallets of these things laying around last year because they were like 80 bucks. And I still see some. I saw somebody advertise on Facebook Marketplace a six-pack. I suspect that that these are going the way of the jig up. <laughs> yeah, they're down to 58 bucks on Amazon right now. Yeah, I don't know. I... I tend to like my tip-ups simpler the better, so um, I guess everybody has their own thing. But have you ever heard of under tactics a yummy bait? No. So this was for panfish. Dan Gutsusha wrote about this yummy bait. So he, when fishing for panfish, takes a one thirty-second ounce jig, a 
half inch long power honeyworm. So just a plastic and tip with a waxy and put scent on it. He calls that a yummy bait. That's what he fishes for panfish it's with. It's got a lot really going on on that little panfish jig. It's kind of like a buffet. It is, I was thinking that. It is kind of like a buffet. So, yeah. It was a tactic on. I hadn't seen before. So, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, if, if it works, there again, yeah. it, I think um, all those types of things are things you pull out of the, the bag when it's slow. Yes. Anything yes. works when the fish are biting. Yep. You know that, that, and that's the thing. Like sometimes you're fishing and you, you get into them with a particular lure, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, this is the best thing ever because you're catching fish after fish after fish. And then you try that some other time and the thing never hits again. It just was. So you fill your whole tackle box, you know, with every, every shape, size and weight. And, you know, that was a one day deal. Well, Jay, uh, did we miss anything here? No, I think we're ready for our topic, aren't we? Ready for our, inter- our chat with Kurt? Yeah, let's 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 put that in here. Today on the Hardwater Fishing Show, we are joined by Kurt Quinnell, fishing guide, commercial fish packing license holder, former longtime radio host, YouTuber, and advocate of clean, drain, and dry. Kurt, thanks for joining the show. Hey, it's great to be back. It's always fun with you guys. Yeah, we're getting ready. I always to appreciate that you keep coming back. <laughs> Well, I did this for so long that if I'm not doing it, you know, I kind of, oh my God, there's a snow bear behind you. Look out, yeah. don't turn around. Um, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's fun to do this. So I, I enjoy it. And we've got a great story to tell up here on Lake of the Woods. Yeah. So so last year I came up, gosh, was it January, February? I can't remember. It was, it was hardcore ice fishing season. I don't remember what weekend it was, but um, we went out fishing and and that was a great time. But one of the things that really um, stuck with me about it was I came home and cooked my fish and they were just some of the best walleye I've ever had. And I've had walleye out at Lake of the Woods before, but these were like next level. And I think, you know, you do some different things with the fish than, I, than I've done in the past. So just maybe share with us what you do after you catch the walleye and get it on the ice. Well, I've known about bleeding the fish out you know, for a long time, but it was always something that uh, you just didn't bother doing. But when you when you clean a fish, you notice, first of all, all the red lines, you can see all the blood still in the fish. Well, a couple of years ago, I, I, I put a knife right next to the live well in the boat, and I bring a knife out to the fish house, and as soon as we catch a fish we're keeping, I cut the throat. And in the summertime, I throw a, a couple of gallon jugs full of ice uh, water in the live well and i just throw them right in there and they stay cool and they bleed out and and uh, when you clean the fish you really really can tell immediately that that uh flesh is all pure white and and beautiful now there was it took me a while to get to the ice um if you if you uh throw the fish in the live well and keep them alive all day if you can do that and then cut their throats on their way in that's uh, another way to do it but uh, my fish don't stay alive in the live well at all. As soon as I, then I don't want a dead fish laying in warm water all day. So it works out sure. best to put them on ice, cut the throats, throw them on ice. And then your, your live well gets pretty nasty looking, especially if you've had a good day fishing. There's, there's a lot of gore in there. But uh, you, you fill up the live well with water on the way in, and everything's clean, everything's nice. The fish are in nice shape. You just drain it all out, and it's off to the races. It, it, it took me a while to, to figure out my system. With that, but uh, bleeding the fish out, and I'm glad you caught it because uh, I think 
more than anything else, that makes a huge difference in the quality of the fish that you're going to get to eat. Yeah, and I really know. I mean, I really noticed it. I, I hadn't done that before, and I'm like, ah, whatever. You know, people do that. There's lots of things people do, and sometimes I'm like, I don't know if that's my thing, but I could tell immediately when I cooked them. Uh, it was very clear that something was different about those walleyes in a good way. People take uh, people take coolers along uh, and fill the cooler with ice or half the cooler with ice, and like they do on the charter boats. But then you've got this terrible, nasty cooler to deal with, and I don't need another cooler sitting in the boat all day. So I just use the live well and it, and it really works good. Leave them on the ice all day. And then just before we come in, fill up the live well with water, come in, drain it all out and everything's clean and everything's nice. So what's the procedure then ice fishing? You just, you cut, cut the fish and then just put it out in the snow. Yeah. Or? I put some snow in a, in a bucket so okay. that they would do And then I've, I've got to clean that bucket out when I get in. So uh, it, uh, it's, it's worth it. You got to be careful with a sharp knife in your boat, though. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. when, when fish are flopping, try to cut a perch. You know, you, there's no handle on a perch, and, and a nice big perch, <laughs> you can't hold on to them at all. And, and they're pretty tough to cut anyway. It takes, you've got to be thinking about what you're doing because it's a sharp knife, and you better have a sharp knife or it's going to just make it harder to do. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's worth it for people to at least give it a try. Uh, this winter, because that's probably the easiest time to do it. Put some snow in a bucket and throw the fish uh, in the bucket, and then you're in good shape. I want that on a t-shirt. There's no handle on a perch. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, and your walleyes have those razor-sharp gill plates, but perch are way worse, especially yeah. a 13 or 14-inch perch. You can hang on to them, and they're going to cut you for sure. So now we've covered open and and hard water, what you do with them to get them to shore. So you get them to shore and they're they're bled, so they're they're ready to go, perfect walleye. Uh what do you find anything different you do when you fillet your fish? Because I even thought the the filleting that you did was great. So is there anything special you do for that? Well, there is something that I do. I don't want to send uh people home with the fillet with bones in it at all. I don't want to do that. So mm -hmm. when you cut the two fillets off each side, and then uh, when you cut the first one off, you flip it off, you peel the skin off, you've got the fillet laying there with the ribs and all that stuff in there. I just cut that whole rib through close to the ribs, cut it all the way out and around the ribs. Now, you lose a little bit of the belly meat, but if you're worried about that, you can slice that off. And once you do that, you see how very little uh, meat there is there. Now, on an 18-incher or a 19-incher, there is some, and I'll cut those off. But on a 15-inch or 16-inch fish, there's really uh, not a lot there. And that's where the bones are. And I read somewhere a long time ago, and I guess I'm not sure if it's gospel or not, but you, you absorb what you absorb. Uh, the all the all uh, Every fish you catch has got some contaminants in it these days. There's, it manifests itself in the belly meat. That's where mm -hmm. it goes to. So that belly meat on the fish is is... Uh, the least uh, attractive part of the fish. Now, you're okay. sure you could eat it, but if uh, the belly meat and those, if, talk about people getting the, the fish wings, you know, they take off the front yep. dorsal fins, or the front belly fins. Well, there's a lot of contaminants in that too. So I don't do that either. But if, if you do it, good luck. It, it's, it's probably not going to hurt you, but uh, I was doing it for a while. And I said, well, you know, <laughs> It's, it's nice not to have those bones in the fish and you got a perfect fillet with no bones, no blood. So if, if, you, if you're going to 
do something commercially, you might as well make it as good as you can. Yep. And and just to clarify for people, we're talking about walleyes, correct? Okay. Yes. I don't know if you could do a perch. Well, a, a nice big perch fillet. I cut the I cut the ribs off the perch the same mm -hmm. way. You know. Yep. And you use an electric, like an electric knife. I to use do that? an electric knife, and it's and it's kind of funny. I've got uh, right underneath the table where I'm sitting right now. I've got two uh, Mister Twister knives, those green and yellow ones that I don't like, but I've got two of them. <laughs> And I've got a uh, a American Angler uh, knife. They don't make them anymore. Every time I burn one up, I've got to go on eBay and find one. They're getting harder to find all the time. And I use those with uh, the the knife, the blade that you get with the Mister Twister. And that's been my combination. That's been really good. Now, eventually, I'm probably going to have to spend big money and get a Bubba knife or something. But I've never used one, so hopefully, I get to use someone else's first because I'd I'd pay the money. It was going to work good, but I've got something that works great. But I'm eventually going to run out of that. But uh, it's important to have a sharp knife. And I've got uh, two really good fillet knives that are always sharp. But if you use them, they don't stay sharp. And I don't know how to sharpen a knife. So it's it, I just don't use hand knives. I use the electrics. And and I guess I'm cleaning up fish. So I, I'm, I'm pretty good with it. So I'm not going to change it if I don't have to. One of the other things that I had never seen before when we were up there is the I mentioned it in your intro, but the commercial fish packing license, I had never seen that before, but it was really awesome. I mean, I've been to other resorts up there and, you know, you have to kind of cut, clean them a certain way, leave certain parts so that, you know, it's a sauger or a walleye, but, but you have this commercial fish packing license. Tell me about how, that a little bit more. Well, uh, my fishing buddy, uh, well, when you clean a walleye for transport to take home, you've got to leave an inch patch of skin on it. Now, if you're catching saugers, you've got to have them pretty much whole. You've got to have all the skin on, the head, the dorsal fin. You've got to have everything. Now, you can fillet them out, just not cut everything off and put them back together. But that's just a huge hassle. With this commercial fish packing license uh, from the state of Minnesota, and it costs, hope I'm not talking out of school here because maybe everyone's going to get one. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> It costs $45 for the year. All right? You get a commercial fish packing license, and you can... Uh, you can clean everything down to fillets and I've got a number and on the, the package, when I package your fish, I write my number on there and I write uh, the date, leg of the woods and whatever I write on the package that's in that uh, package. That's what it is. If I say there's four walleyes and two saugers in here, everything's cleaned down to just meat fillet. There's no skins, don't let, and that's fine. It's commercial fish packing license. Look in the, Look in the uh, DNR rule book. You'll find it. Look under for the commercial fish packing license. Hmm. Yeah. yeah so my I, buddy, my buddy, Mark got one. I said, boy, this is great. When I started guiding, I said, how hard is it to get? He goes, oh, it's not too hard. So I, I've had uh, seven of them now. As a matter of fact, you get one every year. Yeah. I just thought so that you was don't need like a special facility or they don't inspect anything. Nope. It's just you apply nope. for the license and get the license. Yeah. It's just for uh, packing. You know, mm -hmm. it's not. It's not, uh, I couldn't serve breakfast. I couldn't fry them up, but it's just for cleaning and, and packaging fish for transport. Huh. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. get one of those. See, a long time ago, uh, every resort on Lake of the Woods had one. Sure. And then over the years, they just all got lazy and, and no one had them anymore. Then they all got in trouble. So now they all have them again. And, and I'm sure that they'll stay that way. Like it's, it's an annual license. And when you're doing something every year for 30 years, I can see how, 
the millions of things you got to do. You're not going to worry about that commercial fish packing license because who's really going to check? But, you know, they do a lot of roadside checking along Highway 72 between Bedette mm-hmm. and Red Lake. Yeah. They do a lot of that there. And if you get stopped there and you've got my fish in your cooler, you hand the, the DNR the package of fish and your fishing license, and you're going to look at it and say, okay, keep going, go home. That takes a little of the anxiety away of, you know, you have to like pack them one fish per bag, you know, well, with, the, with yep. the skin showing. And then sometimes you're cleaning and this, you get you, the knife goes all the way through the skin. So then you're like, I guess we eat that one. You're taping you know? it back on there. <laughs> <laughs> like sticking it back. Especially on. with soggers. You know, it's it's tough yeah. to leave the fish holding. And the, I'm sure most people don't. Mm, they probably treat them just no. like walleye, quite frankly. Or leave, leave the skin on them. And I think if someone was educated about it they would know what a sauger looks like and what a walleye skin looks like but uh, to transport a sauger you've got to have it uh, pretty much whole you've got to have the whole fish clean them when you get home basically and there's a rule in minnesota i think always check your rule book we always say this yes that (laughs) fillets have can only you can only have two fillets per fish for transport so i used to always clean the fillets in half no so like i'll give you an example when i used to clean northerns i don't do that anymore that's a whole other story. But when I used to, <laughs> I would, I would, it, it had five pieces. I'd take the two back straps oh. off, the tail fillets and the sides. So it'd be all that way. There's no bones, but it's not legal because you have to, you can only transport according to the rules as I understood them. Um, you can only have two fillets per fish. So you can't, that way they can identify how many fish you have. You get five pieces of fish off your nose. I only get three. <laughs> Out of a northern? I, I don't get the stuff around because I, I get lost in there. I don't get the, the stuff around the ribs now. Yeah. I, yeah. I, much you know, if, if, I, if I could do it without having a reaction, I could show you someday. How <laughs> I do that. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I've cleaned the northerns that you've caught or somebody else has. It hasn't been Jason. Yeah, I don't. I clean them. I clean them slimy buggers, but it, only in the summer, and they got to lay in the dock for a good hour to dry out. <laughs> right. Wow. I I pickle them. If I get a nice big northern, I'm going to pickle it. Then you don't have to worry about any of those bones, and that's my favorite way to eat pike anyway. Yeah. I yeah, need to figure true. that out. I've talked about it for a couple of years doing that. I just haven't done it. I would. I've had pickled pike before, and it was super good. I yeah. just I just don't know how to do it. Right. So. Yeah, Matt. Matt does it. Yeah, my little brother. But but you told me he boils them in his house, and his wife keeps them out. There's a whole recipe. And... Yeah, his wife. Keeps <laughs> we've harvested them from the lake. We've bled them, got them back to the air. We've cleaned them. So now we're ready to cook them. And this is not something you know. I, this is as far as I got because I brought my fillets home and cooked them here. But Kurt, what? How do you like to cook your fish after you get them to the house? Well, especially since we moved to the lake, we fish quite a bit and my wife uh, has come up with many many really good ways uh to cook them and we um she makes a a, a walleye chowder which is Ooh. pretty much clam chowder but instead of clams you know at the end you just throw the walleye in there that's that's really good she makes okay. uh fish patties the best way that we do them though still is lightly bread them pan frying okay People, uh, we we used to steam them. The problem with the steamed fish, and they taste good, is that with no breading on them, heck, I could eat 10 fish. <laughs> it was, so we need the, the breading to 
may get give some some sustenance. But uh, my favorite way is lightly breaded uh, and pan fried. My my the most delicious way is to deep fry them in a beer batter. You know, a big right. heavy crust. But it's not the it's not the best way for you to eat them. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> like like pan frying is uh, is very good and is probably the uh, least uh, obtrusive way. We uh, when we first got our air fryer, we did fish in the air fryer and they turned out real good but for some reason we don't have them that that way anymore kind of like deep frying you take out a whole appliance just to cook a fish yeah you yeah. know it, it gets kind of tough but uh, i i like walleye i love perch perch is great and uh we're lucky enough over here to have it enough so you get a chance to to cook them but probably our favorite way is the pan fried and the uh, chowder is uh is very good especially in the winter that's good um for your breading what kind of when you say lightly breading what kind of breading material uh, lightly breading flour um okay i'm not a huge garlic lover which is uh, some people most people love it i so uh the the commercial fish breadings are all great i love them but uh, you can you can fool me with the uh, light flours and graham cracker crumbs or some uh, cracker crumbs or something anything as long as it sticks to the fish a little bit it's fine i'm pretty easy uh, to please as far as <laughs> fish go cool yeah i i actually do a lot of the air frying um just because it's easy and they, they usually turn out pretty good so um, oh, great yeah it's, yeah it's like uh it's like fish sticks i mean they're fun yeah. to eat but it's nice so we had them a lot for a while and we haven't had them lately so i guess uh i'm not sure why but uh we don't eat fish every day, but you know, we, especially now we've been on a on a on a dry spell because haven't fished for a while. Yeah, sure. And so I don't know how it is in Iowa, but you can't you can't fill up your freezer to go you know to wait for the next trip out in Minnesota. You can have your limit and my limit, and my wife's limit, and that's all. And those yeah. have long since been eaten. Same same rules, same rules. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so now see this leads us. It's just like perfect setup here. So your freezer's empty. The ice season is coming. Uh, how is the ice season looking up there, Kurt? Well, I told you before we went on that I'm really, really excited. Uh, Sunday we had winds of 35 miles an hour here, huge waves, uh, terrible. So Monday I went down to uh, just check the lake, and uh, I looked out. It's frozen out as far as I could see. Wow. I said what so then uh the wind is still blowing on monday a little bit but it uh it died in the afternoon and then it was cold it was 10 degrees it got to two overnight with no wind at all and this morning it i wouldn't uh, say anyone should do this but i if i was crazy i would get my spud bar and see how far out i could go because it, it sure looks it sure looks like there's ice aplenty you know uh, I'm not going to be out till well, probably at least the 10th or right. so of December out there, no matter what happens because of scheduling here, but um, it's, it's, it's going to be early on Lake of the Winds. I don't see how even there's nothing bad in the forecast coming, but I don't see how wind could break up what's out there now. It's, it's gotta be all over the place. So as soon as they get a nice sunny day, I can get that uh, picture from the satellite in space. We'll see that the ice is, is pretty much covering everything. Great. Awesome. Well, that yep. that's that's awesome. Yeah, it, it, I'm starting to really get the bug. I, we got the St. <laughs> Paul Ice Fishing Show this weekend that we're gonna we're gonna go to, and I'd floated to Sweet. Jeff that we should bomb up to Red Lake instead. 
But uh, well, we did, that's Red what Bank I did last year. Yeah, yeah, they they will be there. They're usually a couple of weeks ahead of us there, and I don't know why Upper Red Lake freezes so fast. I, I have no idea why. Maybe, maybe because on the north end of the lake and the wind can't hit that so hard. But yeah, there, I would imagine that they are. Uh, there's knuckleheads over there fishing. Yeah, at least yeah, scoping things out to get ready for the weekend yep. already. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, but we'll probably go to the ice fishing show. Yeah, we'll see. I. <laughs> I it we did it last year. We bombed up. And so for me, it's like nine hours, nine and a half hours. So drove up Saturday morning early, went fishing, drove home Sunday. Um, it's a little brutal, but worth it. Fishing's good. Early ice on Red Lake. Fishing's good. Uh early in the open water season on Red Lake. It's uh it's really an amazing fishery, you know, for mm-hmm. the for the relatively small area that you can fish there. They uh the fish are plentiful and they're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're uh, almost as dumb as those Lake of the Woods walleyes. I don't know if they're quite that dumb, but. <laughs> well, I think uh, Lake of the Woods ones stay dumber longer because Red Lake fishing peters out. Yeah. And I'm not a Red Lake expert, but I know that uh, July is, is uh, not the best time to fish Red Lake. All right. And July and August can be some of the best times to fish Lake of the Woods. Not mm-hmm. last year, but <laughs> it, it sure uh, it, it, it's a, it's a nice stable fishery up here. But Red Lake is is awesome. Yeah, we we went out. I went up like the weekend after opener up there this year, and we did really well on Red Lake. So yeah. I mean, it was it. Uh, we were in the fish cleaning house, and it reminded me of Lake of the Woods. I mean, there was just there was lots of fish being caught that, that up there. So mm, good. So I'm I'm hopeful for a little better ice season this year when I fish with Jeff since he spent some time with you this last year, Kurt. I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that you taught him a thing or two, Oof. maybe three. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it goes better. Well, well here's the after- here's the, the the best tip I give you is go someplace good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really the fish are. Yeah. Yeah. Same <laughs> advice for deer hunting. We'll go where there's more deer. And you know, deer? Deer. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, shoot. So do you see anything like this year changing in your approach? Like, is there anything different you're going to do this year on Lake of the Woods than you did previous years? It seems like every year uh, something changes up. Uh, and I uh, I know that I think it's good. I think people get stuck in their approach and, and won't change and will not change or do anything different at all. Uh, I am probably going to start using more baits for a long time. I used a little jig and a, and a little jigging spoon period. The end uh, last year, uh, I just out of boredom, I started using rattle baits and the, the big ones, you know, mm-hmm. and heck they, I didn't catch any more fish with them, but I caught the same amount of fish with them as I was catching on the other ones. So I, I am uh, interested in, in uh, trying new things. I'm not going to fish any new areas anymore. Uh, we we got rid of the snowmobiles. I've got my track machine and my skid house, and I'm going to fish within a couple hundred yards probably of the same uh, house most of the winter because I don't have to. I mean, there's there's fish there, you know, as, as many as there is anywhere else. So I could move, but where would you move to? I got no better place to go than this. So I'm going to stay there, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll use different – I'm going to try to use uh, – some of those uh, blade baits yep. this year, 
uh, just to, to see what they are. Uh, Clam has got those uh, Tika minnows. I was mm-hmm. uh, I was in the other day and I got a couple of those to bring. I'm going to try those because of the success I had with the rattlebaits. I'm interested in, in just seeing something else, and most of that goes back to the fact that I'm using the uh, hummingbird mega lie because you can see that the fish are uh, not having it or are being excited by it. Whether they bite, you can you know you can see such a big area around. Uh, I always thought that you put a big rattlebait down, I would see the fish disappear on my flasher. Well, now it's not just that eight foot cone or six foot cone I have at the bottom. I've got 12 feet, 14 feet in every direction. I can watch to see where these fish are coming from. So now that I can uh, see how things were really reacting down there, I'll throw a lot of different things that I probably wouldn't Mm -hmm. have used before just to see now that I can see Mm -hmm. how they're doing. Yeah. Yep. See what's going on. Yeah. So what's your, your number one tip or a couple top tips for, uh, I've never been to Lake of the Woods before. What what would you tell people to do if they're going to head up there? If you're, uh, if you're bringing a wheelhouse, you're in, you're in good shape. Uh, there are many places. I don't think that there's a lake. Well, anywhere in the Midwest, maybe in the country that's more friendly to ice fishermen, the Lake of the Woods. There's roads, there's hundreds of miles of roads that you need if you have a wheelhouse. Right. So uh, when you get to where you're going, uh, talk to the person who's maintaining the road that you're going to go out on, ask him what's good lately and, and do what they're, you know, do what they tell you to do because they're there every day. They know where fish are, if there are any, you know, but um, I would say uh, don't, be in a big hurry to get off the road to the wheelhouse. Now, if you're coming on uh, snowmobiles and portables, well, then I think you have a, a pretty good plan. Maybe you want to go adventuring. Maybe you want to run out and fish around night and bridges or up around garden. Well, uh, just be careful. Don't go by yourself uh, and make sure your cell phone has some charge because uh, you get out of way, way from everybody like you can on Lake of the Woods. You got to remember you're by yourself. And I don't think people realize how, how uncomfortable that can be to be 24 miles out on lake of the woods with two broke down snowmobiles and two one pounders of propane to last you for the night there are places where there's open water on that lake well yeah you get up behind all right that's a good tip uh behind garden island up into the northwest angle you stay on the trail you Mm -hmm. don't go zipping between the two islands we went up uh crappie fishing out of Flag Island Resort, and it was 45-mile snowmobile ride to Flag Island from Long Point because we stayed on the trail, went almost all the way back to War Road and then around the other side. All right, in the morning, we got up and went 12 miles further up to where the crappies were. And Mm -hmm. uh, the guide said, yeah, don't go uh, much further that way. The ice is only about three inches thick. And I said, well, how far that way? He goes, eight or ten feet. (laughs) So, and... (laughs) Uh, people who, who have been up there for a long time still get in trouble. But mm-hmm. between the islands, the currents that are up there, there is some really thin ice there. So if you're, if you're going to go up there, stay on the trails. And again, don't ever, ever go anywhere out by yourself. Make sure that you're... So, and again, an outfitter, they've got people up there that are taking you up there the first time or two, go with them. Yep. Because it's not like it's hard to do 
but it's a big area and you don't, if you don't know what you're looking for, uh, you're, you will, it'll be hard to find it. Whatever it costs to have a guide show you to take you out the first day you're crappie fishing, uh, fishing Canada for any reason up there. You want a guide because he'll show you not only where to fish, but where to stay away from. And that's as important as anything. Yeah. It's always mind boggling when you go, I, it's one of the, I think we're novices or people less, you know, that haven't done a lot of ice fishing where you go up someplace and there's two feet of ice, two and a half feet of ice. And then all of a sudden there's these conditions that can create thin ice or no ice. And it's just mind boggling when you, you look around and it's 10 below and you're like, why isn't the water frozen? You know? And then a lot of people don't think about that as, as a lake can have current between islands and in different spots, just the conditions make current, which makes it act more like a river in certain spots. And Lake of the Woods is a is a big body of water. It's it's really remote. You can get away uh, from everybody, and uh, that's all the people are going to help you too. So <laughs> go ahead, fish yep. off by yourself if you want to, but be prepared. Uh, no matter what, you know, every couple of years they've got two or three hundred uh, fish houses up on Adrian's Road or, or Wigwam Road yep. or someplace, and they get a huge storm and everyone's stuck for the night. Yep. yep. They're they'll plow all night to get to you. They're really, really good at you know following up and keeping people safe, but there's only so much they can do. So if no matter when you come up, don't leave shore with a questionable amount of propane. Uh yeah. don't leave shore without enough gas for your generators. Mm-hmm. And, and the heat is the most important thing, but uh yeah, it's it's not anything you should ever take lightly because there's there's you can be in trouble pretty darn easy, or you can play it smart and you'll be safe through some, some pretty horrific uh, things that could happen. Just uh, realize what you're doing. You're out where it's going to be 40 below zero yeah, and windy and cold and snowy. So you might be there for a while. Be ready for that. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, or, they right. fi- or they could just fish with yeah. you. Or they could just go fish with Kurt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be that'd work too for a while because uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you out of trouble absolutely, keep you warm and catch yep. fish. Yeah, yeah, and and you get visitors usually too because it's kind of like a community well, out there. <laughs> when we were well, see, when I, when I was I there, there's lots the, of visitors. Yeah, so. I fish in the in the community hole. The locals all fish there, and it's it's just off the road enough, but so everyone knows everybody. So if they got there and it slows down, well, they're gonna go visiting. And that's <laughs> that's fun, especially when you're shooting video and two or three people walk in and sit down and start BSing. That's awesome. Well, this this winter, Kurt, if when your people visit, can you maybe do us a favor? You can record having them tell you a legend. Yeah, yeah I, I worked on a legend. I thought, well, see, I I screwed up. I told you all three of them last time <laughs> I was on. I should. Yeah, <laughs> those are some good ones. Yeah, should have metered them out. I can't tell them again. But um, I, I can't, uh, and uh, like I said, about some other things going on because I just for the last four days I've been thinking, geez, what? You know, I know that there it's it's out there, but uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't come up with it right there. Darn. Well, we'll just have to have get a legend from this year, and I'll have to have you come back again. So, I'd love to. That'd be great. Awesome. So come up this winter. Let's go fishing. For sure. So hopefully this year, my, uh, cause I, my intent was, you know, my son, I have a 12 year old 
or he'll be 13, I guess soon, but um, he, you know, we go fishing and sometimes fishing with dad, you don't always catch fish. And I'm like, Noah, a lot we're of gonna, times we're, we're going to go catch fish. We're going to Lake of the woods. I talked to Kurt, got it all set up. And the night before he woke up sick and I'm like, Oh, so, so anyway, so he didn't get to go. So I, we're going to have to get up there this year and, and get some Lake of the woods fishing in. So for sure. We can work it out. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, great. Kurt, thank you again for being on the show and, uh, you know, good luck fishing this, this season. And thanks you guys for your, for your podcast. I don't listen to tons of podcasts, but this is a great one to listen to in the fish house. So for sure. there you go. All right. Well, it's always great to have Kurt on the show and, uh, Jeff, I hope you get up there and fish with him this year and get your, your practice in. It's kind of like, you know, if you have a hunting dog, you send him to camp to, to training. <laughs> That, that's how I see you going to Kurt. Kurt, yeah, he gives me all the training. Give yeah. you a little training and, and send you back home to, to do better. I'll, I'll take all the training I can get. Well, so. And to have your kid actually see how you catch a fish, I think, is yeah. really exciting. No, you, For sure. You set a great example for your kids. I think it's great. That's what I tell my wife when I have to pay to go. <laughs> I'm setting go a good example. Fish. I'm just trying yes. to set a good example of how to yes. do this. Exactly, exactly. So. exactly. Um, uh, lovely. Well. All right. All right. So we have a problem though, and we, we didn't really get a legend. You know, and we asked in our last show for people to send us legends, didn't we? I think so. And I don't think they sent us any. Well, I didn't get any legends, no. I didn't get it. We really, really need your help. Yes. On legends, please, 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 please send us legends. You can send them typewritten, and we will do our best to. You can tell them old when I say typewritten. Um, on a typewriter, please <laughs> use a typewriter. No, um, you can send them via email, Twitter. I guess you can tweet fax machine. Fax, machine. fax. Yeah, we don't. Do we have a fax number? You can write no, fax. We... You can fax to email if you want. Um, <laughs> you can send a letter if you can find her addresses. It's probably on the internet. Look up Jeff's, not mine. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I know they're out there. So, yep. Um, um, and send us your send us your best legends, your best ice fishing stories, so we can we can read them on the show and give you a shout out for that. We really appreciate it. That would be awesome. Um, I think we have to have a legend though, even though it might not be our best legend. I think we have to dig one out here, Jay. Do you have anything? Oh man, I you know the story I told just again, which is which is was just the classic, you know. Uh, and we told it, I think, it was one of the first stories we told back on the show. So people are all the way back at season one, you'd hear this legend. And it was um, the year that Oli and Dave, Northwoods Dave, brought their puppies with them up oh, to the cabin. Yeah. To the cabin. And two things of note happened that trip with respect to the dogs. The first thing that happened that trip was uh, o- our Davies, Northwoods Dave's puppers, sat down next to him when the hole was drilled. Yep. He was an intact male. Yes. And so when the it was super cold that day. It was super, super, <laughs> super cold. It was like, you know, in the negatives. And so when the auger came up, the water came out and kind of ran underneath the dog because he was, you know, dog. So you got to be right there to see what's going on. And so when the dog got up, there was a yelp. And yep. under closer inspection done by Northwoods Dave, the poor little guy had 
a rather tender spot on his tender spots. His, his tender bits his got, tender got bits frozen. got frozen to the ice. And it's kind of like the whole flag, tongue to the flagpole situation, except, except we, no warm tongue, water. Not a flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much not. But the same thing. Like yeah. you leave bits yes. of flesh behind. Yes. And uh, so did the dog. So, you know, Dave had to spend the rest of the weekend putting salve on. No, I don't think he did. But No, he did joke. not. So that yes. was the first thing. That was the first. Do I just want to tell the one legend? Because that was one. Or do you want me to tell Yeah, the I think you better save them. You can't be telling two. Not All right. Re- we'll just hear we that one. So there, if we get nothing, you have to hear the second dog retelling story on the oh, next. And if you're really that good, one's I get, ugly. I get, that, that one's <laughs> gross. If you're really good, you'll, you'll go back and figure out what, what episode it is and see if yeah. I told it the same toy twice. And there is absolutely no... no uh, What's the word I'm looking for? No guarantee that I've told the story identically, <laughs> um, for sure. Because now it's been how many years we've been doing this, Jeff? Six years? Seven years? This, or seven this years? is the seventh year of the podcast. That's yes. Nuts. If our yep. podcast was a child, it's in second grade. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody. Tight lines. Cheers. Five. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say. Goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet, where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.